Hey man, what's up and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. Namaste. Yeah, that is Japanese. <laughs> Japanese? Wow. No. You want to try again? No, because I'm no? just going to insult more people if I try again. <laughs> Hindi. India. India. Uh-uh. Yeah. No way. Look it up. What? Namaste. On the fly, looking this up right looking now. Looking it up. You don't believe me. No trust. No trust. There's Namaste Plaza in Tustin. Don't stay there. Have you been there? No. I just <laughs> You shouldn't stay there. You probably do a lot of yoga, which probably shouldn't be doing. Did you did you find it yet? Do you believe me? I you know, I mean this is great <laughs> podcast co- content right now. Hey, you know what? We're back with episode number two, uh, follow up continuation of last week, <laughs> and uh, Kellen's trying to freeze me out of the the podcast studio. I am, which normally is is I'll, I'll admit pretty warm, but um, yeah, it was it was a normal temperature. It was seventy when I came into the podcast studio. Thought it was good, so I turned the air, air off, and Kellen walks in and just blasts the air again. I'm running hot, man. And I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. Well, then we go to hit record on this, and you're blowing in your hands like you're cold. I am. I'm good now. It's still 70 degrees in here. Nothing the, has changed. By the time we get done, it's going to be 85. Whatever. Um, so I'm just trying to regulate the temperature. As my, or I guess it's more for me. It's not for you. Okay. So that was kind what? of selfish, Namaste, right? man. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, here we are. Uh, if you tuned in last week, we talked about why the church is worth committing to. And uh, now this week, we're here to talk about uh, how do you land on a good church? What are some diagnostic questions you should be asking about that? Um, and uh, and how should you decide that? So uh, we're going to start. We've got 10 of these. We're going to walk through uh, these 10 questions and uh, explain some of them as they need to be explained. But uh, hopefully these will become a good resource, good uh, tool in your uh, belt to be able to assess and evaluate not only the church where you are, but also if you move or you've got kids that go away to college or your sister lives in Nebraska or something random like that, you've got a way to, to help them out with uh, evaluating the churches in their area. So here you go. Number one, first question you should be asking that is imperative with any church that you're going to consider is this, is the Bible taught faithfully? Is the Bible taught faithfully? Now, Kellen, that's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. Because there's going to be a level of subjectivity to that, right? Right. So how, what should we be looking for when we're evaluating the answer to that question, whether or not the Bible is, is taught faithfully? One thing that we can look for is how, how much are we staying in the text? Because I think one of, one of the the, the key things you'll get here uh, where you see churches sort of differentiate here is they may start with the text, but then from there it goes into something completely different and never come back to it. But are we expositing the text? Are we talking about it? Are we examining it? Are we um, talking about the application, how it applies to our lives? Are we, are we not afraid to cover the, the difficult texts, the ones that are not going to fill the seats um, every weekend because that's what God's word is, is is the truth, and we don't want to avoid that, and we don't want to uh, soften the blow in any way. So making sure that your church, as you're listening to your pastor preach, is he is he helping you understand the text? Is he not shying away from those texts that we need to hear? Are we talking about salvation? Are we talking about the gospel? Are we talking about hell? Because uh, I think that is one of the things that 
typically when we think about those churches that um, are not all about Scripture and preaching it as is in season and out of season, it's typically they're avoiding some of those tough topics because uh, they're trying to get uh, something that's soothing to the audience. Right. Another way that uh, you may have heard this concept talked about, man, is uh, is expositional preaching or expository preaching, um, where it's expositing the passage. That word exposit means to show, to reveal. Uh, are they explaining it to you? Um, as as Kellen was talking about, going through verse by verse there, uh, really staying in the text to teach the Bible. So is the word taught faithfully? That one's huge. Second, is there a priority placed on sound doctrine? Sound doctrine. What do we mean by sound doctrine, Kellen? So the sound teaching. So are we are we teaching the Bible as it um, as it as it says it is, as it's supposed to be taught, or are we trying to make up for it and trying to um, you know say it in a in a way, as I mentioned earlier, that's soothing to um, our people, um, in which we should never do. We should never um, try to make up for for God's word or or try to put more than what God has given us. We need to be teaching the Bible as is, because once we start to deviate from what the Bible says and how it's being taught, then we're we're creating this idol. We're creating something that doesn't exist, and we're all we're doing is straying people away from the gospel and the good news and who God truly is. Right. So uh, if I'm looking at a church, considering a church, uh, Kellen, what would you say? How should I go about those first two? Is the word taught faithfully and is there a, a priority placed on sound, sound doctrine? Is there something I can do ahead of time to help identify whether or not that is the case with the church that I'm looking at? Yeah. It, most churches, all churches should have some sort of doctrinal statement that they can, that you can go review. And so you know, when you look for, look at that doctrinal statement, one of the things that you want to see is, is a high view of Scripture, and that should be somewhere at the top, is there is a high view of Scripture. The way that decisions are made at the church are based on biblical principles and not, you know, if, if that's not on there, then that's something that I would say sort of run away from. Yeah, if you're looking at a church and you're, you can't find the what we believe statement or, you know, yeah, doctrinal statement on their website— you need to find a different church, right? I mean, that should be front and center. Uh, That should be key information that is maybe not front and center, but easily accessible on the website um, because that's super important. And yeah, and the other way that you can tell is the word taught faithfully before you even show up at a church for the first week is listen to some of the sermons. Uh, Jump online, watch some of the sermons, listen to the the podcast of that church or whatever, and you can get a feel before you even step foot in the doors whether or not this is a church that is teaching the word faithfully Number one and number two, values and prioritizes sound doctrine. Question number three, is the gospel prized and proclaimed? Now, we're not talking about outside the walls of the church, but inside the walls of the church. Yeah. Um, So, Kellen, we often think about the the gospel as something that's for unbelievers and outside the, the church. Why is it so important that we make sure that the gospel is proclaimed inside the church as well? Well, we need to first understand the gospel as the good news, right? We need to have that understanding of that. Uh, well before we go out and, and share it, because if we don't have that, that prized possession of knowing how good it is to have the gospel, then that's going to impact the way we go out and share it. If the gospel is just an option of like, hey, take it or leave it, it's there, then there's no way we're going to go out there and say, hey, you, you, you need to give your life to Christ, because we if we don't feel like it's that important— we're not going to give it to somebody. We're not going to have that urgency and that eagerness to go share the good news of the gospel because it's not that big of a deal if we don't have right. it as a prized possession. Right, totally. And the other thing, too, to pay attention to is is what what are they preaching as far as what saves you? 
Right. right? If you, you can walk into some churches, and there's a, a, a broad spectrum on this. You can walk into some churches that will simply say, hey, you know what? If you believe that Jesus existed, you're good. You're saved. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter anything else about your life. Just believe Jesus existed. You're in the club. You'll go into other churches that will say, you know, it's salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, in addition to everything else that you're going to bring to the table, too, mm-hmm. right? That kind of that workspace side. Yeah. And, you know, you really got to make sure that that the gospel is clearly taught, faith and repentance. And those are are the, the two key elements there that have to be in place. Um, and so is the gospel accurately taught within the four walls of the church? That, that's that third diagnostic question. If they, to Kellen's point, if, if they don't talk about the gospel, if they leave the gospel behind, uh, then you need to, to get out of that place. I mean, we need to, to continually make sure that, that we are reminded of our, our salvation, of our place in Jesus Christ. That has to be prized and proclaimed within the church. Does that mean every sermon has to be a gospel sermon? No. No, right? We, we are called to even grow in our faith. We're called to, uh, even as the writer of Hebrews says, to leave behind the elementary principles of this, this uh, the, the basics of, of fundamental and foundational Christianity and, and move on. Um, but at the same time, we, we don't leave the gospel behind. It has to be there. It has to be clearly proclaimed. What's the, the fourth question there, Kellen? Is the church on mission? Is the church on mission? So what does that mean? Yeah, th- this is the gospel outside the four walls. Um, is this church, does this church value evangelism? Does it value missions? Are they putting that into practice? It, does, it, does that go beyond their doctrinal statement? Right? Having a church with an awesome doctrinal statement, but no practice, you've, you've found the church in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. You found the church that has lost its first love. Um, and maybe a lot of us might be comfortable in a church like that because doctrinally it's going to be sound, the preaching is going to be sound, it's going to be good. Right. But man, at the end of the day, you, you're not putting that into practice. You're not doing anything with it. And so uh, is the church on mission? Take a look at who they're supporting as far as missionaries. Um, take a look at their evangelism or their outreach in the church. What does that look like? Um, take a look at, at how often they're, they're doing baptisms. I mean, we're not necessarily going to tick off you know, success or failures by, by the numbers in the tanks. But I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a good thing if you see a church that, that right. is biblical, sound, preaching the gospel, and people are getting saved, because yeah. that shows you that the church is indeed on mission. Yep, yep. And number five question is, is the church led by qualified leaders? Um, and I know I can even speak to this, just coming on full-time ministry and being able to step on to this pastoral team, um, just our, our group of leaders here at Compass Bible Church. Uh, I've been challenged and learned so much over the, over the last year, more than I've learned uh, at any portion of my life. And so when you think about the, the qualified leaders and the, 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 the Titus um, going down that list and, and checking the box there and making sure that we have leaders that are not just you know preaching from the plat- platform and living a different life, but actually living it out, living out the things that they're preaching. And so I think that is very, uh, very important, very critical. And even from the, the gospel and on mission standpoint, not just leaders that preach about, hey, go out and share the gospel, but you know, you, you see our leaders doing it. Um, and so from a qualified standpoint, they're, they're doing what they're actually preaching. And so as a congregant, as somebody that is looking up to the leaders of the church, it's easy to, to get behind because you see your leaders uh, rolling up their sleeves and doing it too. Right. Yeah. And, and if you're wondering there, First Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1, those are the biblical qualifications for a, a pastor elder, right? The, if if the, the guys leading the church don't measure up to those, then you need to find a different church. And I use that word intentionally. If the men, if the guys, if the, the men 
are leading the church. And this is something in our culture that is becoming um, increasingly popular and trendy within the church, and that is to uh, throw away the the biblical qualifications and stipulations and, and clear teaching that it should be men who are leading the church, who are the shepherds and pastors of the church. And the egalitarian movement that is striving to see women put in these positions, in these roles that God never intended them to have, not because of a, an inferiority or a superiority on either side of the gender divide there, but but simply because of the design and the, the natural way that he designed men and women to fulfill their roles. It's it's popular now to find churches that have you know women pastors or co-pastors or whatever. Man, that is not biblical. And you need to, to if that's the case with the church that you're in, I would say, number one, sit down respectfully and lovingly, but have that conversation with your church leadership to say, you know, I, I see that this is taking place. I don't see that this is a biblical practice. Can you help me understand uh, where you all are coming from on that? But in the, at the end of the day, I, man, I would be ready to, to leave that church. And if you're looking at a church and you go on their staff page, and I would say that aside from the sermons and the what we believe, the next stop should be your staff page. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at their staff page and you're seeing Pastor Susie and Pastor Evelyn and Pastor, you know, Carrie or whatever, cross it off the list. It's yeah. it's not a church that you need to be a part of. Um, biblically speaking, men are called to lead the church. They're called to shepherd the flock. And uh, it takes some hermeneutical Olympics to try to set that aside and navigate around that. And uh, and the, the, the lines that you'll hear out there that it's cultural and so forth and so on, they don't hold up to Scripture. For instance, Paul's instructions to Timothy go back to the order of creation. Right. Um, Paul tells Timothy, for a man was created first and then the woman. Right. It had nothing to do with culture. And again, this is not because men are better than women. It's not. This is just simply a role that has been designed and specified and laid out by God for his church. Mm-hmm. So qualified leaders, 1 Timothy 3, Titus chapter 1, uh, and, and make sure that there are men shepherding the church. All right, question six. Is the church made up of people <coughs> genuinely pursuing Jesus? Is the church made up of people genuinely pursuing Jesus? What do we mean here, Kellen? That, that's a, a great question to ask, and it's easy to see, I think, when you step foot into a church. Um, it won't take long if you find a church that have people that are pursuing Jesus, uh, because that's all they're talking about. And that, that comes from the preaching, and that comes from the leadership. And when you get that consistency and leaders, church leaders that care about Jesus, you're going to get that within uh, the church as well, the people. And um, yeah, constantly talking about the gospel, constantly talking about the good news, constantly talking about <clears throat> the weight of our sin and the fact that Jesus, who lived a perfect life, came and died for us. Those people that can can talk about it uh, and not only talk about it, but go out and share that with the, the culture that doesn't want to hear that. Uh, but those people that are pursuing Jesus over every everything else, over making people happy, over making an extra dollar, over um, you know making their kids happy, all of that, when Jesus comes first and foremost in people's lives, uh, that's the church that you want to be behind, be at, because that's going to strive to allow you to do the same thing. Yeah, people who are are really being sanctified, they're being transformed. They are treating sin radically. They're cutting off their hands, metaphorically, gouging out their eyes. They're, they're, they're putting sin off and putting on Christ-likeness. Um, make sure that you're at a, a church that's, that's characterized by that, because that shows you that they're taking the preaching of the word that they're hearing, internalizing it, and then applying it to their lives, which is the key there. We don't want to just be a place where 
maybe we're hearing good teaching and believing good things, but then it's not making a difference in our lives. There's a disconnect. We're, we're that two fish. We're that hypocritical congregation. Um, and so make sure that you're, you're at a church where there are people there genuinely pursuing Jesus. Is everyone going to be genuinely pursuing mm-hmm. Jesus in that church? No. But you need to find a church where there are a good number of people, and I would even say a majority of the people yeah. who are pursuing Jesus. And I think you can even see this evident in the kids' program. Um, where you have a lot of the kids that, whether it's Awana, Vacation Bible School and all that, the parents that are caring about their kid uh, learning about Christ and being able to have that foundational knowledge of Scripture as opposed to you know, taking them to every basketball game or every baseball game or whatever that is, caring more about uh, Jesus for their kids than they do um, them being the next, I was going to say LeBron James, but um, yeah, we'll pick somebody. Luka no. Doncic. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Them being the next athlete, caring about Christ more, right. even how we parent. Right. Right. Well, next question, question number seven is this, is the church a place where I can build godly friendships? And this connects to that one that we just talked about, because if it's a place where people are pursuing Jesus genuinely, then it should be a place where you can pursue and, and develop godly friendships. Um Sometimes we look around our workplace and say, the first question we ask is, well, what do I have in common with any of these right. people? Or we move into a new neighborhood and it's, okay, who am I going to be friends with based on who I have, you know, again, what I have in common with these people. When it comes to the church, man, you're walking into a place where you've got the most important thing in common with all of the people there right from the word go, and that is your right. relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so look for a church where you can connect and build relationships that are going to go beyond the surface. And we've talked about that on this podcast and po- past episodes that your relationship within the church should have more uh, substance to it than, hey, do you see the basketball game? Do you see the baseball game? Do you see the stocks? Do you hear this latest political headline? What about the weather? You need to be getting beyond the surface. In fact, I think we've got a whole episode called Beyond the Surface that you can check out in in our archives um, to develop deeper relationships. And so make sure it's a church where you can do that and that uh, that is accessible for you. Yep. Number eight. Is the church going to expect me to serve? Uh, is it going to expect you to get involved? Is is the church going to, you know, put their finger in your chest and say, get into ministry, get plugged in? Or is the church just going to allow you to sit back? Because um, that's not a church that you want to be a part of. If It's going to allow you just to be content by just going to consume. You want to go to a church that they're constantly talking about the ministries, they're constantly um, plugging ministries throughout announcements and telling you to get involved um, in the, the fact that we should be getting involved as Christians to uh, to serve the body of Christ. And so uh, you want to get at a church that, that makes you feel uncomfortable if you're just sitting there consuming. Right, exactly. And, and some people are going to look at that question and say, is the church going to expect me to serve? If the answer is yes, they're going to say, well, then I want to find a different church. <laughs> and we're saying no. If the answer is no, if they're like, oh, you don't have to serve. You're good. We're here for you. We're here to, to serve you that's when you want to leave right. and go find a different church. Uh, Paul makes it absolutely clear in 1 Corinthians that God has arranged the members of the local body as he has chosen, mm-hmm. that he's gifted every single believer with a, a spiritual gift to be used for the edifying of the body, the building up of the body of Christ. Um, so you should be serving in whatever church you're going to be going to, and your church should be expecting you to serve, uh, and not just you, but but the others that are part of that church as well. Here's one, number nine, and, and I'm borrowing this phrase from uh, this book that I read on finding a, a, a solid church, and, and he, the way this author asked the question is this, is the church willing to kick me out? Um, is the church willing to kick me out? Man, that's a that's another one where if the answer is yes, there's a lot of people that are probably thinking to themselves, I don't want that one. Uh, I'm not going to that <laughs> church. 
But again, we would say with this question, if the answer is no, that's the church you don't want to be a part of. Right. And we're talking about Matthew 18. And, and Kellen, why, is, why do I want to be at a church that's willing to put me through church discipline? Because we need churches that care more about our holiness than just making us happy or allowing us to do whatever. Um, that is a very worldly worldly focused church if we just care about, uh, you know, wanting to be on everybody's good side as opposed to saying, hey, I'm willing to kick you out because I love you, because I want you to repent. I want you to make a change in your life. And I'm that serious about it that it doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, giving financially or if you're uh, involved in so many ministries, if there's some discipline that needs to be given um, from the church at large, then we're going to do that because we care about your holiness. Right. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's a protection for you. If you're going to that church, you want to know, number one, that there are going to be people there that are going to put Galatians 6.1 into effect. If anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore that person in a spirit of love. And that, that's going to have a sanctifying impact on you. But number two, you want to know that that's a church that's going to come after you because they care about your soul. And if you are in unrepentant, ongoing sin, they're going to keep coming after you to the point that they're willing to say to you, look, because we love you, we're here to tell you you know, we don't believe that based on your continued ongoing rebellion that, that you truly are a follower of Jesus. And so, you know, you're not going to be uh, here fellowshipping with us anymore, but we are, anytime that we see you, going to continue to call you to repentance and continue to, to call you to, to put your faith in Jesus truly and genuinely. So you want a church that loves you to that extent because it's a, it's a safety for you uh, to be in a church that way. All right, last one. And this one's significant too for us. I mean, is this a church that I'm willing to join as is? We all know men, especially us in in listening to this, sometimes the, the ladies will enter into a dating relationship with a guy, not wanting the guy that they enter into the relationship with, but the guy that they think that they can turn that guy into, right? Yeah. And so we sometimes do that with the church. Right. We join a church thinking to ourselves, well, it's good enough. Right. And once I'm here for a little while, then I can turn it into what it really can be, right? Right. But we need to find a church that we can say, no, I'm, I'm jumping in as is. Not right. that we don't want the church to improve, but that we're not going in with any strings attached. Why is that so important? Because that we're going in with, you know, one foot out the door, prepared to exit if it doesn't go our way, instead of saying, you know what, I'm going in all in, uh, because this church has these fundamental things. They they love Christ. Uh, the the Bible, they have a high view of Scripture there, uh, and, and I'm going to be here. There's no perfect ter- church out there, and we, we need to understand that. And one challenge that I'll give all of you men is if there's a, a need in the church and you feel like there's a gap, then go talk to one of your pastors about how can you step up and fill that void and whatever it is. Uh, and it doesn't mean they're automatically going to say, yep, you, you get free reign to lead this or do that. But at the same time, that can give you that peace to know, hey, maybe there's a reason there's uh, whatever you're thinking needs to be in play is not in play. Uh, and maybe there's an alternative option that you can get involved in. And so, uh, yeah, don't look at the church as is and be willing to say, hey, I'm all in um, to this church uh, and I'm not trying to make it be something that it's not because if that's the case, if you go in with that attitude, nine times out of 10, um, within six months, you're going to be finding a reason to leave. Right, exactly. And that's, that, that is such a barrier to us being effectively um, useful to a church and uh, in that church effectively serving us, impacting us, sharpening us, growing us, challenging us um, as, as we need to. So, man, there you go. Ten questions. Let me run through them again just real quick here. Is the word taught faithfully? Is there a priority placed on sound doctrine? 
Is the gospel prized and proclaimed? Is the church on mission? Is the church led by qualified leaders? Is the church made up of people genuinely pursuing Jesus? Is the church a place where I can build godly friendships? Is the church going to expect me to serve? Is the church willing to kick me out? And is the church one I'm willing to join as is? Those are 10 great diagnostic questions for you men to take and apply to the churches that you're at, but also if you're in the in the situation in the future of looking at a new church or you know someone who is, these are great resources to be able to help people identify, should I should I plug in? Should I be here? Should I be all in at this church? And uh, men, the, the end of the day, you should be all in at a church somewhere, at a local church, um, plugged in, connecting, attending, connecting, and serving in that local church. And so uh, we pray that this will be helpful, that these questions will be helpful, and we'll be praying for you along those lines as you strive this week to be called in that God. 